listener, and welcome to a special edition of the Coco and Dolts podcast. Oh man, we have got something for you right now. <laughs> oh, we're real people doing real reviews, including Disney Plus, Netflix, and in this case, HBO Max, as in maximum time sitting in the couch. Don't forget Amazon Prime Video. And that one too. And don't forget that you're not Coco. And I'm not Dolts. Oh, no, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that might trip you up. It totally tripped me up. Sorry about that. Yeah, all right. So uh, not uh, adults. What are we talking about in this particular expanded, fantastic, amazing edition of the podcast? So speaking of maximum time on the couch, today on the podcast, we're reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League. Holy cow, are we? It's four hours and two minutes long. It premiered on HBO Max today. This very day. This very day, March the 18th. You might be asking yourself if you're not too familiar. (laughs) Well, okay, let me back up. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, first of all. So there are two, if you're not familiar with superhero movies, there are currently two big superhero franchises in cinema. There's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has superheroes like Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man, and Thor. Mm -hmm. And then there's the DC Extended Universe, which has Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I have a question. Yes. Which universe is Cookie Monster in? He's in the... Sesame Street universe? Avon, Connecticut universe, because (laughs) he lives in my house with me, because I'm looking at him right now. Blue and furry. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So uh, the MCU, as you might be aware, has uh, the Avengers, where all the superheroes come together to fight a common foe. The DCEU has Justice League. The original Justice League movie was released in 2017. It was directed by a man named Zack Snyder. He had previously directed DCEU movies, including Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. He also directed the movie 300 about 15 years ago with Gerard Butler. You might have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, but I know. In 2016-2017, when they had finis- finished principal photography and were in post-production, his daughter killed herself. And he had been having a lot of creative differences with the studio anyways, so he chose to walk away from the project. Warner Brothers, which is the studio that makes the DCEU movies, wanted the Avengers. They wanted something two hours max runtime. They Mm -hmm. wanted funny. So they brought in Joss Whedon, who wrote the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. You might also know him from the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, and Angel. What better guy to bring in to write an Avengers movie than the guy who wrote the Avengers movie? Exactly. But the problem is he redid the movie pretty much entirely. Only about 20% of the footage that Zack Snyder originally shot ended up in the theatrical release. Joss Whedon turned in 80 new pages of script. He Mm. pretty much reshot 80% of the movie. He was also accused by at least one major actor of grossly unprofessional and abusive conduct on set. Wow. The theatrical release, which came out in November of 2017, was savaged by critics. Fans hated it. According to Fuzzy Studio Math, it actually lost money. Mm. And pretty much immediately after the release, the online fan campaign started to bring Zack Snyder back to release a director's cut. Mm -hmm. And just about this time last year... Warner Brothers agreed to pony up $70 million additional dollars for Zack Snyder to finish his cut of Justice League. Now, that was only for special effects. Ja- uh, Zack Snyder did not take a salary to finish this off. Because he already got paid for the first one, He already one, got right? paid for the first one, yeah. right. So what came out today is the four-hour and two-minute 
version of the movie that Zack Snyder would have released if he had not basically walked away from the project like four years ago. The plot bare bones in the theatrical release and the Snyder Cut, which is what it's called on social media, is basically the exact same. There's an evil guy named Steppenwolf, which I didn't know was a comic character. I thought it was the Born to be Wild I band was just, yeah, from I was the expecting, 60s. <laughs> I was expecting a magic carpet ride or something like right, that. Right, totally. <laughs> so there's a guy named Steppenwolf. He wants to control the Earth. There are these three things called mother boxes that if you unite them, it will turn the Earth into a hellscape. It's basically like Thanos and the Infinity Stones in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, if you've seen that. Almost exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, it's a comic book movie. So. It's the same. Yeah, so that's the basic plot of both movies, but in the Snyder Cut, it's divided up into six parts and an epilogue, whereas in the theatrical version, it was just two straight hours Mm -hmm. of basic movie, like you would expect. So So, in order to prepare for this, listener, I had not seen The Justice League from 2017. And neither had I. And so we sat down and watched it for you, listener, as homework. We did. So in the last, uh, well, we we skipped a day, but let's let's put them together for the sake of argument. In the last two days, we watched six hours of Justice League (laughs) for you. And, And you know what? It's the exact same movie. We watched the same movie twice only the second time it was twice as long as it the first version so why don't you tell listener what you thought of <laughs> of the snyder cut then i think i think listener could read between <laughs> the lines on my on my voice tone there so the first one was just abysmal it was not enjoyable at all um it's uh it was just it was laughable like there were i was laughing at parts that i shouldn't have been laughing at um, I, I just have a hard time with Ben Affleck as Batman. I've always had a hard time with him as as Batman. I think Ben Affleck had a hard time with Ben Affleck as Batman <laughs> because pretty much the second he got cast, he tried really hard to get out of that casting he's, and he seemed really embarrassed. He's just not, it's, it's about 10 years too late for Ben Affleck to be Batman. He should have been Batman when he was in better shape, when he was younger. And I'm, you know... I, I don't really have, uh, you know, whether it should be Christian Bale or it should be Michael Keaton or whoever it is. I mean, Batman is typically not a factor in the movies that he's in. It's usually Jack Nicholson or it's Heath Ledger or it's whoever he's going up against. It's Jim Carrey. It's Danny <laughs> DeVito, like going way back. You know what I mean? Danny like, DeVito. Remember yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah. Remember all those aliens or uh, those uh, enemies that he fought and they were all the, the craziest actors? It was It was hilarious. But... I digress. So I'm having a hard time with him being Batman, number one. And then the rest of the crew, they're not really all that great of actors. Gal Gadot, uh, she looks really good. She's stunningly beautiful. And she's in really good shape, but man, oh man, just not not very good acting. So there's not a lot of good acting. So so here's the thing, listener, as you well know, that I'm not a superhero movie. Coco is. And... And yet, when we watch the movies that are put out by Marvel and we watch the DCU movies, like it's like night and day. Like when we watched Wonder Woman and then we watched, uh, we had previously watched uh, uh, Captain Marvel, you know, like those two movies are night and day in difference in quality. And I think it has to do with the acting because the stories are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bad guy, you know, who's immortal or has some sort of amazing, awesome superpower that nobody can you know, fight against except the superheroes. And then the superheroes come in and save the day. It's essentially the same story over and over again. It's just the telling and the special effects and everything like that. But the difference is the acting, the quality of the acting, like even in the 
in the Avengers movies, you've got Robert Downey Jr., you've got Don Cheadle, you know, you've got all these guys that are really good actors. You've got, uh, uh, who's the Incredible Hulk is... Uh, oh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, who's yeah. my favorite, one of my favorites. Like, and you've Brie got, Larson, Oscar winner. Right, and Scarlett yeah. Johansson, like all these great actors. And the DCU is not quite there. Like the acting is just not nearly as good. So the first version of this movie that we watched, the two hours was, it was painful. Um but the second version was kick-ass for a DCU movie. Like, it actually was impressive. Now... Wow. It, I didn't think that was the direction you were going in. But but, but wait. <laughs> Caveat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like damning with fate praise. It's like, it was pretty good for a DCU movie. Right. But it was still, it was still a four-hour long movie. I mean, it was just... Oh, the, the amount of times that I wanted to leave the room. Like if we weren't being paid big bucks to watch that movie. Right. I would have I would have walked out because it was just <laughs> it was it was laughable in other places. Um the special effects were were fairly good, but there was a lot of uh, you know, equivalence to seeing the strings and things like that. Like it just it was kind of cheap compared to the MCU movies. Um look at you throwing down MCU. Well, like. you know, it's I keep good company, that's why. <laughs> um and the acting was the same. The dialogue was equally cheesy as it was in the first one. It didn't really improve with age. I, I just think that why make this movie? I, I just, I don't know why this movie was made. So you make a, every every filmmaker wants to make a four-hour movie. Right. And so this is essentially Zack Snyder getting his wish, getting the wish of every director and filmmaker to get a four-hour movie made the internet saved him and, and gave him an op- his opportunity and he made the most of it it's a much better movie but it's still a four-hour movie it's longer than the irishman i mean <laughs> we sat through the irishman and we were almost dying i have a confession this did not feel as long as the irishman to me oh it felt twice as long as the irishman anyway so wow. i've talked a lot coco uh damning it with faint praise but uh what did you think you're the uh, aficionado here in this territory what was your uh, what was your version of this? Well, before I launch into my review, I would like to add something that I forgot to add when I was talking about the difference of the between the theatrical release and the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Vanity Fair did a profile of Zack Snyder in February. If you want to uh, read that, it's really good. It talks about uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, of him leaving in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. And then a week ago, uh, well, it was last week, it was last Friday, the website Pajiba, that's P-A-J-I-B-A, they did an explainer mm-hmm. of, you know, what happened when Zack Snyder left and Joss Whedon came on board, but also kind of you know, this is going to be the difference between like the two versions and like a lot of stuff like, wait a minute, who's dark side, you know, like, you know, basically explaining it for people who don't know anything about the comics, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what this is all about. So I highly recommend if you want more information, if you don't know anything about this, uh, to read those two things, I retweeted them Mm -hmm. on my Twitter account, but I'm sure you could also go to the Vanity Fair and Pajiba websites and Twitter accounts and find those as well. So. So what did you think, Coco? I liked it. (laughs) wow i did i liked it obviously compared to the theatrical cut Mm -hmm. it was much better like you said that's a very low bar to clear um to me it felt it felt like and you're gonna just give me so much crap for this for the rest of tonight but it felt like it was made with love for me (laughs) it did this felt like a director's labor of love and like especially at the end when it flashed up for autumn like that's Zack snyder's daughter who killed herself so i can 
to me... You mean all that death and destruction was for love? <laughs> well, no, I just mean like in some of the musical choices, yeah, because there yeah. was like a lot of like kind of like choral music and right. all the musical choices were really good, actually. Like there were a lot of like guitars and mm-hmm, stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Which weren't in the uh, thera- theatrical mix, right? Like, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember I don't that, remember so. any of those songs being in there. Yeah. So for me, this just felt more kind of like elegiac mm-hmm. than... Wow. Yeah, than um, the theatrical cut did, which obviously it's going to, because if they specifically brought Joss Whedon in to be snappy and quippy, you know, and, <laughs> right. you know, that's not going to be elegiac. But we looked at each other maybe about two thirds of the way through the movie, halfway through the Snyder cut, and we were like... All the lines that we've laughed at today are the same lines that we laughed at the other day when mm-hmm. we watched the other version. So those are all Zack Snyder lines, mm-hmm. not Joss Whedon lines. So I just want to say that, Warner Brothers, that I think you made a bad call there. Um, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, it felt to me like this was somebody's actual labor mm-hmm. of love. I mm-hmm. mean, he didn't take a salary for it. This was just something he did for the love of it. Um, for art, too. Yeah, right? for art, yeah. Like there was this one shot, I can't remember if it was in the Whedon cut but of jason momoa who plays aquaman he's walking down a pier and he drinks the whiskey and then he throws the (laughs) bottle like on the pier but like the waves are just slow-mo crashing around him and there's like the opera music coming up and it was just such a like arty shot yeah i know that you're thinking well you just liked it because it's jason momoa and he's shirtless and And i mean yeah that's totally part of it you know (laughs) that scene was in the original movie but it it wasn't as dramatically or creatively done i remember that it was and the music wasn't accompanying it yeah and, and it wasn't as long a shot yeah totally like a lot of these shots that we're seeing in the in the snyder cut were just longer shots of Mm -hmm. what was in the in the theatrical cut and you can tell and it's funny how when you're you know as i've been calling for more editing and the death of editing Uh and everything like that the second version actually is a much better movie if it is if you take away the fact that it's four Four freaking hours long long, (laughs) you know it's double of course it's going to be it better be good right but it's actually there's more backstory there for uh-huh. all the characters. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. all sorts of even the bad guys got a, a backstory. Yeah. So we we said that as well. Um, there was much more character development, even for Steppenwolf. Right. Like for me, overall, this movie and like Daltz keeps saying, it's four hours long, so there should be more character development and more storyline development. But it felt like a more coherent story. It did. Yeah. Like the first version that made it to theaters just felt very choppy, and it took forever for them to get together to realize they had to fight Steppenwolf. Mm -hmm. And then when Batman and Wonder Woman got together and she's explaining who Steppenwolf is, like there were a couple scenes in this movie today where somebody's explaining what the mother boxes are and Mm -hmm. then somebody's explaining who Steppenwolf is. And, you know, I don't really like it when we have like a big expository monologue because I feel like that is just kind of lazy storytelling. But it didn't stick out as much to me in the Snyder Cut as it did in the theatrical release. It's funny how you mentioned that because when I'm watching the longer cut, I'm thinking, oh, that makes more sense now. Right, totally. Whereas in the first movie, I was like, I was just carried along by the story. And I think that's the intent of those movies is that you, right. don't really, you don't really sit and think about it too much. You just watch it and you just soak it in. But when I watch that second version, the longer version, is like, oh, like there was a couple of key scenes in there mm-hmm. that I was thinking... Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I mean, I I inferred that when I was watching it, but then they explained it in the Snyder Cut. And so it helped. It actually didn't feel like it was dumbing down to me or anything like that. It Mm -hmm. actually felt like it was additional. So that was one of the reasons that I liked the second version is because 
it just it just gave more depth to the characters. Like that's yeah. one of the dangers of having these superhero movies is that they're so shallow. It's like I'm right. good versus evil, and I've had a exactly. bad upbringing, and mm-hmm. you know all this sort of stuff, and I've overcome the odds. But actually, there's a lot more to it. We didn't really get anything much on Flash. Um, no. as much as we, but we got on the cyborg guy and we yeah. got, uh, a lot more on some of the other characters that I thought added to it. Yeah. Uh, cyborg had a much expanded storyline in better. the Snyder cut. Like cyborg didn't have anything to do in the first version aside from basically glower and hate his dad. <laughs> right. And the actor who plays cyborg is the actor who formally complained about Joss Whedon mm-hmm. and accused him of really horrible conduct on set. So mm-hmm. that could perhaps have something to do with the paring down right. of his storyline in the theatrical release. Um, but yeah, he had a much expanded role in this. I really liked his character. I liked his dad's character too. Joe yeah. Morton yeah. played his dad. Joe Morton played Miles Dyson, the head of Skynet in Terminator 2, which yeah. is one of my all-time favorite movies. So I kept waiting for him to say, Skynet has become self-aware. And yeah. that was that was really good. He so. was good. He, he was good and he's been good in everything he's been in. And that was actually, there's a scene where they talk about in the first cut, they talk about, oh, your mother died in a car crash and you almost died too. And then that's the only reference right. to it. Whereas mm-hmm. in the... In that, in the Snyder Cut, we see that accident. And mm-hmm. it's actually a little bit more compelling because you see the relationship between the future cyborg and his mother. And there's a little bit more depth there in terms of, oh, your dad wanted to make it, but he couldn't. It's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, you know, he's always at work. And so there was a lot more there. Just a little bit, even like that might have been a four-minute long scene or a five-minute right. long scene in the car and everything like mm-hmm. that. But it was actually quite additional to the character and added more depth to that character. Like I had, in the first version, I was like, oh, yeah, he's a robot guy. And he was used to be a real human being, but now he's not. And he's he's tormented about the shape that he's in and all that sort of stuff. And, but whereas in the second version, I got a lot more, there was a lot more emotion attached to that character. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very well done. But again, like if you if you got, a chance to do your movie over again and you were you know you were enabled to do it twice as long it's got to be better i mean <laughs> right. it's got to be better and you got the big money behind it to do uh-huh. it over again yeah you're given 70 million dollars right and you said that you thought um sometimes the uh, effects were janky they were really only two or three times when i was like oh that was definitely green screen and all the rest of the time i thought the effects were really good oh okay so well, you're more of an expert on that stuff than i am but i i and i'm plus you know, I have friends who are in the industry, so I like to <laughs> I like to say that what they're not involved in the movie. Didn't your friend work on uh, what uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Am I maybe. maybe? I can't resi- I can't oh, okay. reveal these secrets. Well, speaking of effects, the four three aspect ratio did not bother me at all. Oh yeah, I was going to bring that up actually. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was uh, I was disappointed when I saw that graphic at the beginning of the a movie. It said four three because of you know whatever. They're going to release it in IMAX at some point. Yeah, and I was like, that's a ripoff. I want to see it on my full TV. And then eventually, I didn't. I yeah. just forgot about it. Yeah, that didn't bother me at all. Maybe that's because I've been watching uh, reruns of WKRP on my <laughs> on my laptop for the last two weeks. Where the top and the bottom are cut off right. instead of the sides. So, right. Because it's in standard from like 1977. Exactly. It's like, oh, I didn't even notice it. Somebody, Where's Les Nesman when you need him? Right. Somebody uploaded it to YouTube. And, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So. So yeah, I, having I enjoyed all of it. I thought the character development was much better. However, having said that, I mean it's still a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. 
there's a bad guy who wants mm-hmm. to do bad things. The heroes <laughs> are going to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the end, there's always like a big battle. There's always explosions and special effects. So you you know what you're going to get with a comic book movie. It's yeah. it's formulaic in a sense. I think it probably could have been, I think I could have lived with it if it had been two and a half, three hours long. Like I think there were just too many scenes, especially toward the end where all the superheroes are standing looking into the sun and, we're, and the camera is behind them and they're thinking about the future and all this we get it you know and all those hero shots where they're standing in a row and we can see their silhouettes and like I get why they do them but man oh man like just can we make a superhero movie that's a little bit different that's not formulaic so uh, I, I think if you had to, I think if they'd have pared it down a little bit it could have been good but again the 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 greater uh, building of the characters to me was very mm-hmm. beneficial to this movie. And I have a question. So listener doesn't know this, um, but I was born without the religion gene. So I, <laughs> even though my mom dragged me to church when I was a small child, I did not retain any of it. However, there is a lot of religious imagery mm-hmm. in this movie. For instance, when they bring spoiler alert, Superman back to life. What? They put him in water, so it's like he's being baptized and reborn. And then when he joins the rest of the Justice League in Chernobyl, but it's not called Chernobyl, it's called Bizarnoff, which... (laughs) Because of course it is. <laughs> because of course it is. And <laughs> I so, think they were on some Smirnoff. They? <laughs> right. <totally. laughs> when they wrote that. So he shoots straight up in the sky and his back is to us and he's facing the sun. And, you know, he's in like, he's got his arms straight out at his shoulders. Right. And he's in a very like Christ-like position. And is Superman supposed to be Jesus? Like, was that... So aren't all superheroes at some point supposed to be saviors? I mean, the I savior mean, complex. I yeah, So I, I must know. have less of a religion gene than you because you mentioned it at one point during the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, and I then was now actually, with the baptism, that makes a lot of sense. I so. was waiting for that. I picked up on the baptism in the Whedon cut. Oh, okay. But then he didn't do the Christ thing. Like mm-hmm. when he came back to life and he was, there was that big battle in like the town green. Mm-hmm. And he like elevated up off the, mm-hmm. you know, off the ground. But he didn't, he wasn't holding his arms out. And then there wasn't that scene like there was in the Snyder cut where he's in front of the sun with his arms out. So right. I was like, okay, well, it's still a baptism. But I'm not really picking up on any other obvious religious imagery. But then today I was just like... That's a phone book to the face right there. So, right. You know? so well, but he, I, he is arisen, right? He's right. born again. And, yeah, and he's coming to save us all. Right. And yeah, yeah. so I it's didn't. A pretty know. easy connection to make now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, but I didn't know if there was like in the comic books was he originally supposed to be Jesus? Like I didn't know. Like I've never read the comic books, and I don't remember much of the Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was an actual thing. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really read into that until you pointed it out, Coco. So this wow. is why we hang out together. <laughs> wow. I might have been nodding off at that point. There was I have to admit there was a time there in hour three when I was like my chin was hitting my chest a little bit. Wow. And we did actually stop this movie a couple times, like once so I could eat, once so I could take the dog out, and then once uh, the vet called because it turns out the dog has asthma. So <laughs> So we did actually stop the movie like three times yep. and Daltz is still unhappy. I, it, <laughs> it didn't feel like four hours to me, really. I mean, it felt like a long movie, but like maybe it's because I was entertained. But like in yeah. The Irishman, I just like somebody like Scorsese needed to put a phone book in my face because like I was I was dying in The Irishman, whereas this like I was entertained. So it didn't it was long, but it didn't I wasn't dying. I remember we, we were going through all of this and uh we stopped it at the first, the first stop we made was, um, 
an hour yeah. into the movie and we stopped it and we had a pee break or whatever it was and then we looked and there was still three hours left in the movie and I was like you gotta be kidding we, so we've watched an hour of the movie and there's still the Irishman left <laughs> a whole Irishman of this movie so uh, let's wrap this up Coco uh, you otherwise we're gonna be talking for four hours about this movie yeah exactly I think we could actually <laughs> yeah totally the protracted uh, extended uh, version of the podcast so uh, what did you give it out of 26 uh, letters <laughs> so I would actually give it like a B plus. Wow. I was entertained. I Everything that I've already said, I enjoyed about it. I think Warner Brothers made the exact right call, giving Zack Snyder the money to do this the way he wanted to do it, the way it should have been done in the first place. And I will say I also really enjoy conflicted superheroes, mm-hmm. which, you know, Marvel has some of too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like you said, enjoy not everything black and white good versus evil mm-hmm. you know like i i in, i enjoyed that take on you know everybody kind of had one foot in two worlds yeah right like atlantis and earth uh themisera and the world of man you know and mm-hmm. you know they're kind of conflicted you know, mm-hmm. except for wonder woman who's just like a beacon of good well, apparently I had, but i was in like slumber and awakeness right <laughs> those so, were my two lands right so i like that they're conflicted and you know, kind of unhappy mm-hmm. about it, but they overcome that for their better angels. Mm-hmm. So what about you? Then uh, we go with the religious imagery again with the better angels. I, I would say that I'd give it probably a five out of oh. 10 because it, uh, it was entertaining enough. Um, but man, it just, my bum is numb. Like I don't want to watch, <laughs> whatever we do tonight, it's not watching TV. I can right. tell you that. <laughs> Dalton's going to go do some calisthenics. Yeah, I got to <laughs> I gotta walk around the yard. <laughs> yeah, Take a deep breath of fresh air. <laughs> well, make sure if you take the dog out, like you <laughs> give him his inhaler when you come back in. <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so let's, let's wrap it up now that we're on to the medical update of our uh, canine. So <laughs> for another edition of the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton.